0: Hi, I'm Casey Hobbs.
1: And I'm Shane Mason.
0: And we're the hosts of Nurse Talk Radio.
1: Please join us for this special edition podcast.
2: $8,166 per year, the total health care costs that that family faces. Out of those numbers, the boss, the employers pay about $15,788, and the family has to pick up the rest through contributions, their paycheck, co-payments, deductibles, uh, uncovered expenses, all of the things that we all have to dip into our pockets for when we pay for health care. So those are just huge, unsustainable numbers. $28,000, as you know, is about $14 per hour. I mean, how can you be organizing low-wage workers, and fight to get their wage up uh, to $15 an hour, and then realize you need another $14 an hour for that family to have decent health care coverage.
1: That was a short clip of Mark Dudzik, National Coordinator of the Labor Campaign for Single-Payer. The primary purpose of the Labor Campaign for Single-Payer Health Care is to increase and coordinate grassroots labor support for a single-payer Medicare-for-all health care system in America, because we believe that health care is a fundamental human right and that the labor movement must take the lead in the fight for health care justice.
0: Here with us is Mark Dudzik. Mark, thanks so much for being with us today.
2: Oh, it's great to be here.
0: So you're here to educate us on the role of your organization and how it's been playing in the fight for expanded and improved Medicare for all. But first, share with us your background in the labor movement.
2: Well, I've been a union member since uh, 19 in the early 1970s. Uh, I spent most of my time in a union called the Oil, Chemical, and Atomic Workers Union, uh, which is now part of the Steelworkers Union. Um, I worked in a Precious Metals Refinery in New Jersey, and then I was a local union president and a, then a district council president. Um, my union was very active in an effort to try to create a labor-based political party in the late 1990s. Uh, I moved to D.C. to work on that effort, and out of that, uh, we got involved in this uh, uh program to really move the labor movement into the fight for health care justice. And we launched the labor campaign for single payer in 2009. And we've been building momentum ever since.
1: Great. And uh, Mark, talk about your organization. When did it start? And uh, were there many unions that supported single payer back then?
2: Yeah, well, we launched it in 2009. Um, If you remember back in those exciting days. It was uh, right before the inauguration, the, uh, the first inauguration of President Obama, and we knew there was going to be a huge debate about health care policy for the first time in, in a number of years. And so we launched in an effort to try to put single-payer Medicare for all on the table as part of that political discussion. And our particular role was to try to move the institutional labor movement into uh, taking up that effort and devoting organizational uh, resources and political muscle uh, to that effort. So we started with a small group of national unions and several dozen local and regional unions. Um, The National Nurses Union and its predecessors, like the California Nurses Association and the Minnesota Nurses Association have all were there from the very beginning and have always played a leading role in it but we now have about 14 national unions who are affiliated as well as you know uh, over well over 100 local and regional bodies including some state labor federations and we continue to grow in momentum the AFL-CIO has passed some resolutions at its the last two conventions put them on record as supporting a Medicare for All solution, and now we're trying to get them to do more and to stand up and to help lead this fight forward.
0: So important. So how is your organization funded? So we are funded completely
2: by the labor movement and by individuals who believe that the labor movement ought to be part of this fight. We get no money from foundations or from any corporations or anywhere else.
1: And 2019 seems to be a kind of a year of momentum with over 70% of Americans supporting single payer. Can you talk about how you fit into the national movement and what you'd be willing to work with other labor unions and members of Congress?
2: Yeah, well, this is our moment. This is the time that we've really got to, you know, see a pathway emerging towards victory. As you know, I don't know if you've discussed it on your show, but Representative Jayapal is getting ready to introduce a new, expanded, updated version of H.R. 676 in the House of Representatives. We're really excited about the bill. We've been part of the discussions about what a bill ought to look like. We think we can push for committee hearings. We believe that a majority of the Democratic caucus in the House of Representatives will endorse that bill. And um, what we really want to do is set the table for 2020 when a transformative political movement could sweep into Washington and put Medicare for all on the agenda. So we want to create the conditions where we continue to build momentum there and that we don't get sidetracked in sort of these efforts that expend a huge amount of energy to produce very little in terms of incremental reforms on a system that cannot really be reformed.
0: So true. Doesn't it make sense to employers across the country to have a single-payer system? So are the corporations supporting single-payer, because it seems like it would be good for them, or is it more manufacturing or others who support it?
2: Yeah, well, you know, we got this crazy system that no other country in the world has that links most Americans' health care to employment, and it's you know it doesn 't work for the American people you know to be chained to a job in order to get your health care and If you lose your job, you lose your health care often if you get sick, you lose your health care, you go on strike, you lose your health care uh, and it 's not really working for employers either; they pay you know way more than uh, employers pay anywhere else in the world, you know however. We've found that most private sector, large private sector employers are allergic to the idea of any kind of social insurance programs and any kind of program that creates new rights for working people. So it's been a real slog to get large employers into this fight, even though in the long run, they would achieve huge savings. So we continue to push that. We've urged unions to make that a bargaining issue when they go in and their employer tells them how they can't afford to pay for health care, that they demand that those employers join them in lobbying for a Medicare for all system. But uh, we've got a lot of work to do uh, to move this forward among the uh, employer community.
0: That's fascinating to me, Mark. That that what we're talking about is corporations would rather not do something that's better for their bottom line, because then their workers wouldn't be under their thumb as much. So exactly. really, it's a, it's about the control issue that these people are going after.
2: That's that's exactly right. They you know they want workers, uh, and I, you know I'm not, I don't want to paint all employers like this, but I, you know I've done a lot of negotiating in my time, and you know they want workers to be uh, subject to them for health care. Mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. they like the fact that if you lose your job, you lose your health care. It gives them power over working people. And, you know, they have a plan to deal with high health care costs, and it's to shift it onto the backs of workers. Health care uh, workers have paid a larger percentage of their health care costs Every year since at least 1984, when they started tracking these things.
0: They've done that incrementally so that we didn't even notice. So they slowly just ramped uh, it up. They're very clever about the way they move.
2: The frog in the pot of uh, water. That's exactly what happened every year. And because, you know, we have this fragmented system, you know, they pick off one group of workers... At a time, and so you don't see the effect until you look around and see everybody else has already lost it. And that's what drives a lot of these strikes and lockouts and things. You know, workers that have held on to their benefits, you know, suddenly employers are coming to the table and saying, hey, Guys, you know, 95% of the rest of the working class is already paying for their health care. We're not paying for it anymore. You guys are going to have to start paying. And, you know, that causes all of these conflicts. And, um, you know, by the time that happens, often we're too isolated to defend it. So like it or not, employment health care has become unsustainable. And even if we believed that it was the best way to get our health care, we just can't do it anymore. We've got to find another way.
1: Mark, uh, how could people find out more about the Labor Campaign for Single Payer and how can they get active?
2: Laborforsinglepayer.org. And um, you can sign up on that for updates and we will try to plug you in. Um, You know, the big thing coming up is the uh, week of action, February 9th through the 13th. Uh, where there will be hundreds of barnstorm meetings around the country that will try to activate people, uh, plug them into this fight for Medicare for all, and in particular plugging it into the effort to get the House of Representatives to do the right thing and begin to do the work to get this bill ready for passage.
0: That's great. Mark, thanks so much for being with us today. We want to thank you for your years of service on behalf of all workers around the country. We so appreciate your fight.
2: Well, thank you for the job you're doing. Take care.
0: Great.
1: We've been talking with National Coordinator for the Labor Campaign for Single Payer, Mark Dudzik. For more information, visit laborforsinglepayer.org.